Hello, and welcome to the Keepers of the Flame podcast. This is a show to shine a light into the darkness, to empower women, their support networks, and our communities to weather breast cancer, because together we weather the storm. But on this ocean, every wave brings you closer to home. Hello and welcome back to Keepers of the Flame podcast. I'm Joyce Williams, your host, and this is episode number 11, Reconstruction. Today we have with us two very special guests. We have plastic surgeon Dr. Carl Pearl and his nurse Mary. Dr. Carl Pearl is a Georgia native. He is board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, and he is one of the most sought after plastic surgeons. He works at Savannah Plastic Surgery in Savannah, Georgia and was even voted the best plastic surgeon in the 2019 Best of the Best Coastal Empire. He graduated from the University of Georgia, summa cum laude, in two and a half years. And then he got his MD from the Medical College of Georgia, where he also completed his general surgery training there as well. He completed his fellowship in plastic surgery at the University of Tennessee Health and Science Center, and he does both cosmetic and reconstructive surgery. His nurse, Mary, is from Savannah, Georgia. She's been an LPN for 10 years now, and she got into this line of work shortly after her father passed away from cancer. She wanted to get into a career where she was able to help people, and after spending a few years in primary care, she ended up working at Savannah Plastic Surgery. She's been working with Dr. Pearl for five years now, and she's also the clinical director of the practice and manages the EM Sculpt. The two of them make an amazing team, and it is absolutely 100% apparent that their patients are at the top of their priority list. In the beginning, when I was told that I had cancer and that I had to lose my breasts, I was going to have a bilateral mastectomy done, I was so nervous, and I was referred to Dr. Pearl after I found out that I was going to have this surgery to remove the tissue, and I was going to talk to him about what is reconstruction. And when I sat in the waiting room for that, that first appointment, that first day, I was so angry at my cancer and I just desperately wanted to deny my reality. I didn't want to be losing part of who I was. And truthfully, I had no idea anything about reconstructive surgery at this point in time in my life. But then they called us back. And when we met Dr. Pearl and Mary for the first time, All of my insecurities just slipped off of me. I was still terrified about the cancer, don't get me wrong. But this unknown, the unknown of reconstruction, about what reconstructive surgery was all about, was no longer a point of apprehension for me. I was instantly set at ease. Dr. Pearl was compassionate and kind, and he has the best sense of humor, but always at the perfect time. When I started to fall apart, he told me that I was fighting cancer, which automatically made me a badass, and that if I needed to cry, that that was okay too. I trusted them completely, and I still do. They are an amazing team. I am beyond thrilled to welcome them here with us today to help set other women's minds at ease about what exactly reconstructive surgery is. Well, welcome, Dr. Pearl and Mary. We are so happy to have y'all here with us. Thank you very much for doing this. 
think it's going to help a lot of women getting their mindset at ease of understanding a little bit more about what reconstructive surgery is about. Dr. Burrell, tell us what inspired you to become a surgeon? I've always wanted to be a surgeon and my mother had breast cancer when I was eight and I always felt like the surgeon was the one that that really saved her and gave me time with her. Yeah. I remember you sharing something along those lines with me and I knew at the beginning that you got it. You got what I was going through, not just me, but like what my family was going through as well. You know, before I met y'all both and I was in that waiting room waiting, I was so nervous. And then once they called me back and I met y'all for the first time, like I was, as far as what to expect with reconstruction, I was immediately set at ease. Mary, what's what's something that you want women to know before they come in for that first appointment, before they actually get to meet their plastic surgeon? Like, what's something that you'd like them to know? That they're not in this alone. That it is their journey, but that we will help them get through it the best way they can, and that we will be there for them every step of the way. Right. Yeah, there was no, no question in my mind. I knew that I could lean on y'all, that y'all had my back if something went wrong, or, or even if things were running smoothly and I was scared or upset, like, I knew you guys had my back. Okay, walking, walking through this just a second, understanding that every patient is different, every story is different, but if somebody has breast cancer and they have to have the tissue removed, some people only have part lumpectomy, some have mastectomy, but if somebody has to have a mastectomy, then there's a couple different options of things that they can do. They can either choose to not have reconstruction at all, and then they can get prosthetics, you know, whatever. They can choose to do the expanders and implants, which is what I did, or uh, transplant. Talking today about the expanders and implant route, Dr. Pearl, when is that surgery performed? It's usually done at the same time as the mastectomy. So the the breast surgeon who's doing the mastectomy and really curing the cancer does his or her part, and then I come in the same day while the patient's still asleep and, and do my reconstruction. Now, if a woman has had mastectomies in the past and didn't want reconstruction and several years later decides that she's ready for reconstruction, we can certainly do it at a later stage too, but it's typically done during the mastectomy. Okay, Mary, for those that don't already know this, what's what's the difference when they start when people start doing some reading and they hear the words augmentation and reconstruction? What's what's the difference between those two words? So augmentation is basically is breast implants. Um, we can we do augmentations on ladies that just want larger breasts. They come in, we do a breast augmentation with silicone implants, and they're happy they go on their way. Augmentation with breast reconstruction, we are augmenting the breast, but you know there's several different steps. We have to go in and put the tissue expanders in first. Typically, we can do some direct mm-hmm. to implant reconstruction, but you know doing we would either do expanders first and then we will go in and put the rec- the permanent implant in which is augmenting the breast so some women do come in and they think oh I'm going to get a breast augmentation well it's it's a little different it's not your typical breast augmentation right. it is augmentation with reconstruction right right okay Dr. Pearl how how long would you say that surgery lasts and then explain a little bit about the drain process too so my part of the surgery probably takes two to three hours and that's after the mastectomies are completed and that depends on if we're doing unilateral or bilateral reconstruction. Regardless of whether or not you have reconstruction, there's drains after a mastectomy. There's just 
space where the rest was and lymph fluid from the from the axilla where the nodes are are sampled um, and all that creates fluid so the drains are in there to allow that to evacuate and not cause an infection we ideally get the drains out within about two weeks after surgery right and I know I talked about this in a previous episode, but women will know when that's time because they're basically monitored, monitoring the amount of fluid that's coming out. So once that gets down to a certain level, then we know that it's so right. okay to have that removed. Mary, tell us, once they, once we know that it's time to have those drains removed because of the, the fluid, tell us about when they're removed, like how they're removed. What can somebody expect there? So everybody is kind of scared of the drains coming out, and rightfully so. I mean, it's kind of scary, especially the first one. So we do it in office. We I try to talk the patients through it every step of the way. First, we you know get them covered so there's no nothing gets on their clothes. There's a stitch typically holding the drain in. We will go in and clip that stitch, and then I typically like to tell the patient, you know, I want them to, to count to three and take a deep breath, and we'll pull the drain, and then I'll tell them when to breathe. It burns, but usually after a couple of seconds, you know, the the patient's okay. I think a lot of it is the anticipation of the drains coming out, which, which, you know, for that first drain coming out is is worrisome for the patient. But just try to talk them through it. It does burn, and everybody's experience with it is a little bit different. And typically there's one that stings a little more than the others, but after that first one, the patients usually do pretty well. Right. Well, and I think everybody's pain tolerance level is and their anxiety level is going to vary from one person to another but they're usually so excited to get the drains out I know I was I was I I mean I'm not gonna lie it hurt but I was very excited because that meant that I could get a shower again like a real honest to god shower and even though it hurt like the relief that I felt when they did come out was just life-changing okay Dr. Pearl with with the tissue expander so they typically and there's always you know Every story is a little bit different. Sometimes, you, as Mary was saying, you can go straight to implants. But typically, if somebody has the tissue expanders put in, then they have to like stretch the muscles so that they can be the size that they want. When, when do injections typically begin? So we like to start those injections about two to three weeks after surgery. We give some time for the closures to heal a little bit before we start stressing that tissue by expanding it again. It also helps get the drains out a little bit sooner because you're filling some of that space that where the fluid can accumulate with the with an expander. Right. So ideally we like to start in about two or three weeks and then every week or two depending on on how quickly we're expanding and how the patient feels. Right. And then tell us a little bit about how that's done. There's a magnet? So the expander has a little port that has a little magnet in it, and it, it allows a needle to go through it without actually puncturing it. It's a little kind of specialized rubber and a little, almost like a stud finder you'd use on a wall to, to locate where that is. We numb up that skin and then fill the expander with a very small needle. Right. And for those that are listening and are hearing the word injection and needle, it really doesn't hurt. Like, it really does not hurt. Okay, and then just to let people understand like what that feels like a little bit for me it, it just felt like a little bit of a, a tightening after I come in for injections that I guess for the, the second half of that day I just feel like a little bit of a tightening and then after that and it, did, it wasn't it didn't hurt at all it just was this little tightening and then after that day the next day it was it was fine and I didn't really care because it meant that my boobs were getting bigger <laughs> and I was getting back to where I wanted to be so um 
Okay, so Mary, when do the expanders get switched out for the implants? Well, every patient's a little different. A lot of it is determined by the size they want to be, whether they had to have chemo and radiation, which can slow down the expansion process. If they have to have either of those, sometimes that slows it down. So once they get to the size that they want to be, we typically overfill just a little bit, and we like that to sit six to eight weeks at least before we go in and switch out to the implants. So that the tissue gets used to being yes. that size. And then you guys do like a little bit extra, right? Like after they say, okay, I want to be this mm-hmm. size, you put a little, a little bit, bit more. more in. And why, why is that? To give us a little, to, to give us a little extra skin once we go in and put the actual implant in to clean up the, take out the scar tissue from where the original incision was so it won't be as tight and get, have as much tension right. um, when we go back and do the closure on the, the implants. Right. And adding one more thing about the the difference between the expanders and the implants, the expanders are, they feel a lot harder, but again, I didn't really care because it meant my boobs were getting bigger every time I came to see (laughs) y'all. But then once that, once that exchange is done and the implants are exchanged for the expanders, like they feel so much better. Do y'all hear that time and again from patients? Every single time. Yeah, it's, it's so much different, so better. Like I love them. They're softer. And then healing from this second surgery is so much easier than healing from the first surgery as well because I know I had mine happen at the same time as the mastectomy, so I was trying to heal from that tissue having been removed and like learning to get the strength of my muscles back. But healing from that second surgery was so much easier. Y'all use the same incision, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Dr. Pearl, tell us a little bit about the implants to help debunk some misnomers that are out there. I think some people still out there think that they're liquid filled and that they're somehow going to get punctured, but that's not that's not accurate, right? So the current generation of silicone implants are a cohesive gel, so they're they're like a gummy bear. If you cut the implant in half and squeezed it, the silicone would kind of scoosh out a little bit and then come right back. It wouldn't really go anywhere. So there's there's no real way for the silicone to to go throughout the body and. And even with the older liquid implants, there's no data that that caused arthritis, lupus, or any inflammatory right. processes. Okay. And then what about, we're hearing in the news stuff about the textured implants. Is that something that women need to be concerned about? So I, I, there are rare reports in the literature of an anaplastic large cell lymphoma. There's just over about a thousand cases in the world now. And all of those cases are at some point associated with a textured implant. Mm-hmm. So I, we're simply not using them anymore. Right, right. Okay. And I will say, like, after all of this has been, has been said and done, I am absolutely in love with my, my new girls here. Like, I think that you guys did an amazing job. And there are several highlights. I mean, obviously, not having cancer is a bonus. But then also, like, I don't ever have to wear a bra. They glow in the dark, which y'all should really market that because that is a, that's a big plus there. You know, I can wear a, a bikini. I can wear a two-piece. I, I, I know that in the beginning I was a little bit nervous about how the scars were going to look and if I was going to be prohibited from wearing certain things. But I'm not. I can still wear all the same swimsuits that I wore before. Okay, so switching topics a little bit and getting ready, like, right before you go into surgery, I remember being so scared 
of surgery itself, of going in and being on the table. And Dr. Pearl, you were amazing. You told me that you know it was okay if I was afraid, but that that you weren't worried about that aspect at all, and that you were going to be honest with me, and that that infection was going to be our biggest concern. And I remember as soon as you said that, being like, okay, he's got my back. I'm gonna be fine on the table. I just need to follow his his post surgery guidelines flawlessly, <laughs> and I'll be okay. So, kind of piggybacking on that. What would you say is the biggest risk? Is it an infection? I think the biggest risk is is reconstruction not working and, and a tissue expander or an implant getting infected mm-hmm. um, or or the tissues not healing well after having radiation and, and just not being strong enough to support having an implant underneath. So there there's a small percentage of patients where our reconstruction does fail. Right. Right. And then, but then one thing that I know, I mean, that's always, you know, a fear. And one thing that I know that I felt better about was that the two of you guys were, I mean, y'all had your patients backs. Like if something had me nervous at all, I could be like, Hey, is this normal? Is this not? And I knew that I wasn't, I think you said this in the beginning, you're not alone, that you were going to help walk me through. We were just going to take it a step at a time and, and work with things as they came. Mary, what are some of those post-surgery guidelines? Immediately after keeping the incisions clean, we just want you to be really careful. No getting sweaty, no getting in an ocean, no getting in a pool, nothing until our incisions are completely healed. Right. Um, and that's all to help prevent that's that That's all infection. to prevent the infection, to prevent the infection. Not ever doing it. You're going to feel better. When you start feeling better, you're going to want to get back to doing your normal things vacuuming we don't want any repetitive movements so you still have to take it easy we just want you to to be careful take care of yourself and let some of that other stuff go right now you guys were talking about dr pearl you had said the biggest risk is you know it not working for whatever reason how does how does reconstruction mass mash up on the timeline with other things so like with chemo with radiation they can do reconstruction at the same time as chemo but what's the what do they need to be mindful so we work with the chemotherapy doctors with the oncologist to make sure that the patient's white blood cell count is high enough that we can safely do the expansion so if if someone's getting chemotherapy and the chemo has made them where they're not at a great place where they could fight infection we monitor that so that we're not filling the expander at that time. Right. So just making sure that their overall health and their white blood cells, that they're able to handle it. And if, if they're able to handle it, then, then reconstruction can continue at the same time as chemo. But if not, then that comes first and then re-evaluate this later. What about, what about radiation? What are the concerns with reconstruction and radiation? So a lot of the radiation doctors don't want the expander overfilled while they're doing the treatment. So we we get it to a certain point and then just kind of cool our jets for a minute and let the radiation get finished and then start expanding again after that. Right. Does it affect the skin at all? Does the radiation have an effect on, um, on the skin? The radiation unfortunately does make the skin firmer and does increase your risk of reconstruction not working, but we have a lot of patients who've had radiation who have a really nice result and they're very happy with it right. and feel good and are cancer free. Right. I know I have had any and everything that you could possibly have done to you with breast cancer and I'm I'm good. And I love mine. <laughs> so I have one more question for each of you. So and same question, but Mary, I'll start with you. What's what's one thing that if you can make sure that women out there 
that are hearing this message that are fighting breast cancer, what's one thing that you'd like them to walk away knowing? Like them to know that again, this is their journey. Yes, there are lots of other women's out women out there that have had breast cancer, but this is their journey. They have to handle it the best way that will get them through it. But to accept help from others, you know, don't try to do everything alone and know that people are there for you. Your, you know, your physicians, your surgeons, um, your nurses, but your family too. Let them help you. Right. Let them help. But, but don't, be, don't be ashamed if you are upset or you, you know, are struggling on a day. This is your journey and right. you, know, you have to handle it the best way you can. And you don't have to do it alone. And you don't have to do it alone and you don't have to feel... You know, you're going to have bad days, you're going to have good days, you're going to have strong days, and you're going to have days that you're weak, but those days that you're weak rely on your support system. Exactly. Dr. Pearl, same same thing. What's one thing that you would want women to walk away knowing? I think I would want women to know that that there's there's still good times to be had after surviving breast cancer. I think women need to forgive themselves and just it's it, however you feel is okay it's such a terrible thing to deal with and you're dealing with it for the rest of your life so it seems that there's this constant battle back and forth of well I survived cancer I'm just going to do that because life is short and then and then the, the the next day you think well that's really not what matters in life and so you feel guilty that you're not saving every moment and then you feel guilty that you're worrying about whether or not you should get a new car or a new dress right. because that's not what life's about and and all of those things are what life Right. is about and it's 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 okay to, to feel human. how you feel yeah. you, you don't need to apologize for it it's not it's not that you're not being appreciative enough or or being carefree enough I mean you're you're you and you're living with it and you're doing you know great things still right yes exactly there will be good days there'll be bad days and it's okay to accept your humanity it's okay to 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 embrace the good the bad and the ugly and I know one thing that you told me too was don't have cancer. Just do what you got to do and live your life and be good living your life. And I know that when I came and I saw y'all and you walked me through my own journey, I, I never did feel alone with you as my doctor and you as his nurse. Like I knew that you had my best interests in mind, that you had my back. And if anything did come up that you would we would take it as it came and you help me weather it and I love absolutely love my new boobs like (laughs) they are fantastic so thank you thank you for that thank you for not only what you have done for me and my journey but also for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us today so that other women can have a little bit of a glimpse of what reconstruction is all about and then hopefully when they are getting ready to go in they're a little less apprehensive themselves So thank you both so much for coming. Thanks for having us. And thank you for all of you at home listening and joining us here today. We're very glad that you were able to join us as well. And we hope that you walk away knowing that, no, you're not in this alone. You don't have to do it by yourself. And hopefully from today's episode and hearing from Dr. Pearl and Mary, hopefully your minds are set at ease just a little bit more about understanding what reconstruction is all about. So that when you go in to talk to your own provider, you have a better sense of calm and clarity. For a list of questions to ask your plastic surgeons, you can find those on our questions to ask your medical providers under our blog section of our website, www.togetherweweather.org. 
For those that are in the Savannah area and like more information about Savannah Plastic Surgery, you can visit them at savannahplasticsurgery.com. Again, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Until then, remember that together we weather this storm. You are never alone.